Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. The Lord had instructed me a few uh, weeks ago about learning about the heart. How, do, how does a heart work? What's it for? How do we keep it pure and things like that? So this morning, um, I'm going to start in one place and go to another. So you might get, get your Bibles in a, in a big knot, but in the end, you'll be okay. Amen? So in Joel <coughs> chapter 2, oh, I'm sorry, I, I forgot the routine. I did not provide Bible. Just we're only going to be here for a moment. Then we'll go back to Hebrews. And sorry about that sound booth. Please forgive me. I was a little jet lagged still, but I'm feeling pretty good today. Amen. <laughs> in Joel chapter 2 and verse 12, it says, Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting, with weeping and with mourning. And rend your heart and not your garments. Turn unto the Lord your God, for he's gracious and merciful, slow to anger, of great kindness, and repent him of evil. Now, I've been around for a while in the body of Christ. I've been a minister many years, ministering for many years. And one of the things, I want to talk a little bit about the vision also in this of what God is saying for today. Because God is raising up and calling again intercessory and, and people who pray, and there's a stirring in that environment in that way. And God's stirring his people again to pray. And one of the things that happened in the late 80s, beginning 90s, this was a primary scripture that continued to come up. And while there is a stirring and there's a, a, a rending of hearts, so to speak, this is a place where we come open, where we yield our heart, where we say, God, I know I can be a mess. <coughs> I know I've done some things. And that's a very real way to come to Jesus. It's a, and, and truthfully, things don't change much unless you have that attitude. But I'm telling you that there's a place where this particular scripture can kind of come upside down and limit people. And I think that the, we were concerned as Canadians about Bill C-11 and all the censorship and everything. But truly, the greatest censorship always comes from religious devils. And tries to silence the body of Christ. And you'll probably find that if you dug deep enough on Bill C-11, that, that's trying to, you know, all that stuff, you would probably find at the bottom of it, there's some religious entity trying to push that agenda. Because religion has always tried to silence truth. And there's a place in this scripture that, that it has some truth in it. But most people, when they picked it up, they operated it from the wrong side of the cross. And today we want to talk about how the heart gets worked and changed and grown and comes into great faith. Because the heart is your beating place of belief. The, the heart is the place where belief rises and faith comes out of it. But there's a place where when we talk about the heart, people think, well, I'm going to have to fix this myself. That's what he says. And, and right there, if we heard it correctly... It says, rent your heart, not your garments, but we've spent a lot of time trying to change our clothes, trying to change our outward appearance, try to change what only Jesus can change through the power of the blood. And then we get in a mess. But we're in, even in our approach in intercessions, this comes up. Well, we're going to just cry out. We're going to rip ourselves. We're going to fast until God changes his mind. And that is going to 
produce a lot of anxious anxiousness and anxiety and crazy stuff and people be unhappy. Amen. We want to hear what's done on the cross in a real way. To have a, a fresh revelation of what took place at the cross. To come to the place where we know that's where the power didn't just start, but got released. And that when we accept Jesus as Savior, we're not stopped at the cross, but we can come to the other side. And that's where God wants to have our hearts, is operating on that other side. And in some ways, probably some people need to rend their heart, but not in the Old Testament ideal. We have got to be people. The Old The light is. It's important. I'm not putting it down. I preach out of the Old Testament all the time. And I have revelation of what it says. But we've always got to remember which side of the cross it's on. Even when Jesus walked on the earth, he was still on this side of the cross. And what happened? We could say, look what Jesus did as a man on the earth where he surrendered his power, but the Holy Spirit came on him. Look what he did and the cross and the power of the cross had not yet been released in the earth. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. He was able to stop the mouths of lions <laughs> in the form of Pharisees. He wasn't, he wasn't pushed back by them wasn't silenced by them. They tried. Oh, we're going to shove them off the cliff. We don't like you. And, and that didn't work, did it? No, it didn't. Were people healed while Jesus walked on the earth? Hmm. So this is everything. The cross is not, he's not on the cross yet. Last week I shared about a man who in his last hours, God has almost completely removed the tumor that was about to kill him in moments. And he's not yet said, well, he could be. It's been a week since we've spoken <laughs> and, and God's healed him. So he might be safe now. Amen. But he wasn't born again yet. We've made so many rules because religions tried to silence our entrance. It tried to say, you've got to be a certain way. Your heart's got to be a certain way. This has got to, you've got to take all these boxes. And when you've done this, then you'll be in victory. You'll be able to come before Jesus. You'll be able to worship in freedom. You'll be able to serve in freedom. You'll be able to love him with freedom. You'll be able to walk in freedom. And those things are, are not the truth. They're part of the truth. But it's not the whole truth. The whole truth is what Jesus has done sets you free to do all that. And there's not a box you have to tick. You'll never tick enough boxes. Never. Religion makes it that way. Makes it hard. Makes it mean. Religion's mean. But I was comforted by this. You know, if we just learn to hear the Lord, he talks all the time. And he talks how you need to hear. Amen? Now, we're not talking about the kind of talking to you where you need a little white coat and get locked in a room for a while, okay? Um, somebody said, well, God didn't talk to me. Well, probably because your expectation is I'm waiting for this like megaphone thing to go on. And, and no, it's like that 
sometimes a still small voice, but sometimes not a voice at all. Sometimes just what I'll call a knowing. You go, oh, hmm, this doesn't seem right to me. But there were no words involved. It's just that feeling on the inside where you go, so God will speak to you how he knows you. And sometimes how you know him, but mostly how he knows you. Amen? In that, this, this, this scripture came to me. I said, I want you to go look at this. Because sometimes we think, oh, this is beyond the power of God. I've got neighbors who are beyond the power of God. I've got family that are beyond the power of God. <laughs> and and we, we put limitations even on how God will speak or how we're going to hear. And in Luke chapter 15, verse 1, you don't have to go there. I'll just read it. Then drew near unto him all. Say everybody say all. all. Pastor Neil likes that word. Because <laughs> he always says all is all. Then they drew near unto him, all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Oh, there's hope for your relatives. Amen. There's a place inside that God is speaking and beginning to speak again. It's not that he ta stops talking. I think we just stop listening because we get more concerned with our own affairs. And, and there, in this age, there is a calling and a stirring that's taken place where he's calling up people to prayer again in a different way. And we're not going to have to go back, and, and I, I mean this in no, no put down, but we're not going to go backwards to try and dig before the cross. We're going to discover how to operate in what Jesus gave his life for, which is the other side of the cross. We've been limited by our understanding and perception, our expectations of just barely getting enough. But God wants to open up in your minds, in my heart, and in, and in your heart, how to operate on the resurrection side of life. Amen? It's different than what we've been taught and what we've expected. In the church, we've, we've you know, the emphasis has been, just get yourself to the cross, bless the Lord, you'll go to heaven. Yes, but now that you're on this side, there's something that God's put inside of you that wants to operate, wants to work, wants to come alive and do what he's put in your heart to do. And it's amazing. And for some of you who are called to prayer, that's why you've been, yeah, I'm not, there's something going on inside. And, you know, um, the only thing that, you know, people used to say, you know, with, I think, I don't know, James Bond, I've never really watched the movies, but, you know, shaken, not stirred. Uh, uh, this world's been shaking people a lot. And we're not supposed to be shaken, we're supposed to be stirred. Amen? <laughs> <laughs> yes, amen, stir up the gift, <laughs> but don't be shaken. <laughs> amen? <laughs> yeah, we do the shaking. Let the devil be shook. Amen? And, and I'm sure that that's what the intent is. <laughs> you can maybe add some ice to it later, but we don't want to cool down the message too much. Amen. <laughs> so we want to be people who are not shaken. There's all kinds of things happening, trying to be, silence you and silence this. More in Canada than any other place in North America. But this is nothing new. It didn't happen when they passed the bill. There's been a silencing going on 
for a long time in the body of Christ. We don't like your gift. We don't like how it moves. My goodness, we, oh no, if you're a prophetic gift, don't you ever say anything negative. Now, I understand sometimes, you know, I I flow that way. And it's like, look out for this and look out for that. I'm not telling anybody they're going to burn in hell, but they will if they don't accept Jesus. And so (laughs) that's truth, right? But there's been this, oh, you can't say that in church. Oh, you can't say this in church. And oh my goodness gracious. And we'll fight over the most ridiculous things. God wants his people loosed, and sometimes when they come loose, it can look weird. So that's just a warning. So as God begins to refresh and make you come alive and grab a hold of what's next, um, we have some people here worked with horses. They could tell you holding the back of horse is not a good thing. And when you finally lose them, it's not better. <laughs> and uh, They look kind of weird, and, and, and they're all over the place. So if you feel like that, and God's beginning to release the gifts in you, and, and you're finally yielding to Holy Spirit, and it doesn't come out in a decent diplomatic way, it's okay. We'll keep breathing. Amen? I was going somewhere. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So um, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 8. Free on the other side of the cross. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 8. In verse 10, I'm going to start there. This is the covenant. So a covenant is a, an eternal promise. I will make with the house of Israel after those days. That's you too. You've been grafted in the vine. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Oh, my. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Amazing. We're not very merciful to people's unrighteousness. It's not that we, we aren't. We have become an, a very negative culture. We embrace what's wrong more than what's right. It's come to the place where we're, there's been so much, and this is what happens. We get so tied up, so bound, so restrained, that what happens is we, and then we hear all the negative stuff going on in the world. And we're like a pot with the lid on too tight. It's about to blow. And so when we get with others who are like, because there's been things silenced that were also truth. So then when we get together, that thing just wants, it wants a vent. Even new wine needs a vent. First, the, the, the things that are in, if you don't vent wine, because it's given off gases. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and people are given off gases in the wrong way. There's like negativity flying in the air, and, and we, we partner with it. Yes, I agree. We get an agreement with their, their ugliness, and we become more accustomed to agreeing with negativity, with the unrighteous, with the sin, because we're, there's such a frustration level. There's such a press from the enemy. We've been silent so long that when finally someone says, you know, this thing's a hoax, everybody goes, that's right. And you're like, hmm, I'll just walk quietly the other way and, you know, get out the tinfoil, roll everybody ahead. And, uh, you know, there's all this insane level of negativity, which everybody's agreeing with. And in the middle of this, I say, Jesus still heals. And they're like, I'm going to have to check that out for myself. Well, good. Check it out. You'll find what I'm telling you is the truth. Well, you know, so-and-so didn't get healed. Maybe not yet. God keeps his promises. And so when we begin to speak truth, when there's been this 
this rush of agreement on negativity. It's very difficult. So you have to keep telling people, no matter what. And this is where we can't be shaken. We'll be stirred. <laughs> We're going to stir it up. I'm going to keep stirring the truth here. I'm going to keep telling you what's right. I'm going to keep telling you I've got resurrection power operating me. God hasn't changed. He's still healing. He still has delivered. He still has made us free. Still done. Still over. He does not have to go back to the cross for me and die again. He is merciful to the unrighteous. And I think this is what keeps us from telling people about Jesus. Because we've embraced and agreed with sin. We've made excuses for it. Well, don't say that in church. And don't talk about there being only two genders because then some police imaginary piece are going to show up and shut your church down. Well, you won't find that there's more than two genders here. I looked in the Bible. It's what it says and not changing. God ordained marriage in a, in a certain way, man and a woman. That's it. I can't change his words. I'm not here to do that. It's not my job. I didn't write the book. I have an opportunity, as do you, to be in agreement with it. Sometimes it's a challenge. We get nervous about these things. What if I get silenced? Well, it doesn't really work for me. Um, <laughs> tell you a funny story. Okay. <laughs> so Doreen and I, we went to Poland in 2018. And uh, we had some wonderful meetings. And God did some wonderful miracles. And we, we, people were here. I mean, it, it was wonderful. God is so wonderful. And, and then the... A couple of days before we came home, we had an opportunity to tour the city. And so we went to the castle that's in uh, Krakow and walked through there and went to a glass blowing. And we just had some fun, went out on the river and took a river ride. And it was a great time. And, and uh, I took a lot of pictures so my hubby would know. And uh, <laughs> he's not a big fan of traveling, but he, he's so, I'm so blessed that he says go. And, and uh, I'd appreciate that. And uh, so we went through this castle. And inside the castle, there is a chapel. And the chapel had a lot of don't touch this and don't touch that and shh, don't talk. And they had, you know, these things, the brass thing and then the rope, the brass thing, the rope, you know, kind of deal, cordoning off what you weren't supposed to touch and all of that kind of thing, right? And everywhere it says, shh, no silence. But there were beautiful things inside, and the little blackberry, and I had to get in there because I was like, that's not, mm, suck you know, and I'm like, mm. and so I go in there, and they're like, don't go, you know, and all the things. I'm a, I'm a submitted person, but when I see a line that says, don't touch this, and there's a bunch of religion in there, I start to rumble inside. And, and you couldn't even go another way, and there wasn't, and, you know, there wasn't any COVID, but they had dots on the floor and directions, you know. <laughs> you will only go this way. There are arrows, even then. So their arrows go this way, don't go that way, don't touch this, don't touch that, don't touch the other, don't lean over the bar, don't da 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 da. It's like having to pay toll or something, you know? <laughs> Is there a toll bridge in this church? Not this one. <laughs> and there's no troll under it either. And, and so <laughs> we're going in there. And I start to, I start to rumble inside and I'm looking at the Doreen. And like, okay, there's only one way out, right? Because of the arrows. 
I have to go all the way through before I make a sound. I am in trouble, as would you be, and perhaps yourself. <laughs> and like, that's why you don't look at anybody. If I'd have looked, if I'd have, and I'm like, look, Dorian's like, come on, keep going, keep going, just keep moving. And I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm like starting to shake a little bit. I just want to say, Jesus, right in the middle of there. <laughs> And it's starting to rumble. And then I, I can feel it going all over. And I was like, I'm starting to pray in other tongues underneath my mouth. Try to silence myself. And I get, is there somebody over there? And all the stuff, you know. Priest. And, and then like. <laughs> I'm not doing well. <laughs> I was not gracious to the unrighteous. It was like, I have to get out. And like, I leak a little bit. Ah, you know. And I'm like, and I'm starting to giggle now. It was so bad. And finally, I was like, there's the door. And they're like, you know, he's silent. And they're like, pointing at the door. <laughs> and I'm like, trying to move. but there's people I can't, I can only move so fast. <laughs> and I got out and I was like, Jesus, <laughs> help me. Oh, my goodness me. I am so grateful that I can come to church and be as loud as I like. <laughs> I have the freedom to be silent here and be okay. <laughs> There is a place where, where people have been silenced too long and will be okay. Look at his response. It's so wonderful. For I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. I love that. I love that. Because so many people I meet, even mostly believers, we, they got to go forward and they're like, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done. God's not remembering it. Why are you? Why are you hung up on that? Well, you know, I'm still paying the price for it. Why? Wasn't that price paid for you? You're trying to pay it again? Like what? You're never going to pay it. You're never going to pay it. If that's all you hear today, take it home. You're never going to pay it. I can't. I can't. Neither can you. Bringing it up does nothing. When you speak that out, guess who hears besides you? The devil. Because the devil can't read your head. He does not have, angels don't have the ability to read your mind. But they do have the ability to listen what comes out of your mouth. Negativity is only prospering where it's yielded to. However, when you submit to truth and you listen to truth, it can turn just as quickly if you'll yield to it. You don't have to spend years in Bible school studying all the scriptures about healing, studying all the scriptures about what Jesus does, studying and studying and studying and studying and studying for it to work. Why? Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 lets everybody go there because you need to have this underlined in your own Bibles. Amen? Galatians Chapter 2 and verse 20. We're going to talk about how that power gets released in you. This is important. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. It doesn't matter which translation you're in. It all comes out the same in this one. Oh, look, you probably already have it underlined. <laughs> Many of you should. If you haven't yet, even if you have a device and you're using a Bible app, you can highlight it. Amen? Amen. <laughs> I 
am crucified with Christ. How did that take place? Absolutely. When he went to the cross for you and you accept what he did, it's just like you went there with him. So it's, it's don't complicate it. It's simple. Let's not, you know, put a bunch of stuff around it. Well, I had to repent five times and don't you know and I had to go back. Here's a thing. I'm going to get to step number five and I'm going to have to go back and tell every person that I've ever wounded, hurt, or offended and, and ask for their forgiveness. That's not chapter and verse. And yes, I stepped on a step. For those of people who know what I'm talking about, that's step number five out of 12. You can't do it. It's why it's not successful. We want to see people free of addiction. We want to see whatever the addiction is. Some people are addicted to religion just as badly as they are addicted to, quote, hard drugs. It's the blood of Jesus that does the work that you and I cannot. We cannot. We cannot. Do you see anywhere in the Bible that says, I'm going to have to go back and tell 10 friends? No. It doesn't say that. But it does say that if you've messed up a brother in Christ and you're coming to the communion table and you know you were bad, you better tell them. That's different. That's not going back and doing a history lesson. That's like last, this morning I got up and I cursed this guy to his face, blah, 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 blah. And you're harboring some offense and doubt and hate of someone. It's pretty hard to come to Jesus and say, God, I love you. Blah, blah, blah. I hate my brother. I love you, Jesus. I hate him so much. Oh, he always mean to me. He's cruel. He's ugly. That's not the, the other. You understand? Different. Can you see it's different? Right. I'm crucified with Christ. I hope you've decided to be as well. Nevertheless, I live. I'm not dead. I'm alive. I'm not going to live in the dead part of the Bible. I'm going to live in the live part of the Bible. Amen. Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in this body. I live by what? The faith of the Son of God who loved me, gave himself for me. So I'm not going to operate in my carnal understanding of faith and what it is. I'm going to operate in faith that does miracles, even when I don't know how it works. I'm going to believe it because it works, because he said so. I'm going to accept what the Bible says about it. This is where my heart goes, tick, tick. I heard it, I said it, I believe it. It's that simple. And when your heart has come and you've been made clean, how did your heart get clean? You said, God, I'm sorry, I received. And he said, he'll remember your sins no more. Yay. Amen. He's not remembering them. Now I'm clean. My heart's clean. What you put in there afterwards, <laughs> maybe you should think about. Amen. So now there's this seed that's gone inside of me. Now, Jesus is living inside of me. That's what I believe. And I understand that that might be weird thinking for somebody who's not saved. They're going like, you got a spirit living on the inside, eh? Well, that's interesting. Sometimes when we communicate to the world, they don't get it. And that's one of the reasons. We use language that does not make sense to them. And then they do want to call car 89 or whatever that is. That's the coats that have the belt buckles on them. 
and said, you know, I got, I got a spirit living inside of me. And they're like, hmm? I've heard people evangelizing. Yeah, I got, don't you want that same spirit in you? And you're like, hmm? Uh, maybe not. And you hear voices. <laughs> Let's start with, you need Jesus. He's a savior. He died on the cross. He saved you. And if you know, and, and you'll be free of sin. Let's start with people there. Let's not tell them about the book of Revelation yet. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> There's these horses are going to come along. We're going to judge angels. Oh man, just like slow down guys. <laughs> Can you tell me about the apocalypse? Not today. <laughs> we can, and we can have a session on that, but let's be believers gathered together. Amen? <laughs> We're going to do that soon, too. I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's how I'm operating. That's how I live. Jesus is inside of me, and when I yield to him, I don't have trouble believing. Truth is alive. Oh, well, that's simple. It's time we as a church came back to the simple gospel and realized it's the simple things that are doing it and let's not overcomplicate things. It's not hard to get healed. It might be hard to get it through our heads, but it's not hard to get healed. Jesus does the work, but your brain is saying, not today. And then it goes, well, all right. This far, no further, Jesus. I, I just really need help with my money, nothing else. I made some bad choices. That would be a good place to start with him if you have a bad financial problem. I had to tell him that. <laughs> God, I'm really sorry. I blew that. And... But I'm probably not the only person who's ever made a poor financial decision, right? Thank you for making me feel better. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself. It didn't say for the world there. It is for the world. This is personal. This is personal. Did it for me. Let that sink in. It's nice he did it for your spouse, your friends, your family. But he did it for me. Did it for me. Loves me. Even if everybody else doesn't, he loved me. Will you meet people that don't love you? Absolutely. There's people out there who won't love you. Don't stop living. I'm sorry people get mean. I'm sorry, I'm, you know, but I, all my apologizing doesn't change it either, even though I'm Canadian. I, I, <laughs> I like to add verse 21 just because, I, you know, a lot of people stop at the end of 20. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Please let this be real in our midst. <laughs> How do you frustrate God's grace? What do you think? Think it doesn't apply to you. Oh, that grace, that's for someone else. You know, I, you don't know what I've done. You don't know that. Well, I was, you know, it wasn't what I did 20 years ago. It was what I did five minutes ago. When I was driving my car down the road and some crazy person cut me off and I cussed him out, you know. Do you think that that's too hard for God to fix? Going to frustrate the grace of God? That's frustrating. No, it's okay, God, I got this. I'll fix myself. I heard something said yesterday by a pastor. Let me see if I can get it right. He said, why would God tell you anything that you already know and that you could do yourself? I thought, whoa. <laughs> that, that's very good, pastor. <laughs> why would he? He tells us things that are beyond our understanding and things that he wants to do in your life and mine. 
If we could do it, we wouldn't need him. Right? If we can handle it ourselves, why do we need God? Oh, wait a minute. That's why he calls us to do things that are impossible in our eyes, possible in his. Amen? I do not frustrate the grace of God. He's trying to help you. He's trying to help me. Well, I want you to do this. I want you to see this. I want you to talk to your neighbor. I want you to lay hands on the sick. I want you to see that God, I'm, I'm just ready. I'm just waiting for your hands to do what I've told you to. Hmm. See that person in the wheelchair over there? Just go and ask them to stand up. He does the healing. We need to walk over and do it. Amen? God's so good. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. Trouble is we get ourselves in trouble all the time. And that's where we're frustrating God's grace. I want you to see this. I think it'll help you. Well, I believe it will. Uh, Luke 10, 19. This is what's coming in God's hand. Luke 10, 19. It's a good chapter. Well, it's all good, you know, but we get excited of some more than others. Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he's having a good time. Amen. And you see, when your heart has gone through and said, you know, and, and yielded it up, and God's done his work, and we've received Jesus, and everything is starting to work. This is what resurrection power. Now, at this particular time, because Jesus hadn't gone to the cross, he prayed for the disciples and gave him that access. That access is now ours. On this side of the cross, this is part of it. When we accept Jesus as Savior, he works, he purifies our heart. Now we have this wonderful heart that will believe God's word. Believe this when I share it. Behold, I give you exosia power, authority power. You are licensed by God to operate in resurrection power. Licensed by God. Authority. Licensed power. Mm. It'll change your prayer life. Like we heard Pastor Jason preach this morning. Devil, you got no rights here. We see you coming. Now, if you've got a problem with them, we're happy to help you and pray for you. And, and, but they don't have any right to bug you. Uh, a little bit ago, I, I had mentioned some things about mental illness, which has become very predominant in our culture today. And, and I don't want anybody to be offended. Many times, it, it is a demonic thing that's going on. Sometimes it's clinical. But the problem is, is that those people who really have trouble are being marginalized by everybody, embracing, that's it, I feel depressed. Your day of depression is not what somebody else with a real serious issue has. And many people are just picking it up and going to the doctor to get drugs. That's not the answer. That's frustrating grace. And if you're a believer, you can believe that God will deliver you of anxiety or whatever is pushing you to take that pill and get healed of it. And those people who have the serious issue, I just want to make it clear. Some people have a, have a serious medical issue, which causes them a very different scenario. But that is not outside of his healing power either. Amen? Amen? All of it. Jesus paid for it at the cross. But we don't want the people who have a more serious issue to get marginalized by one day of sadness by something else. Amen? Those people we'll pray for too. Amen? 
I want to see them all free because that's Jesus' heart for them. Amen. Behold, I give you exousia power to tread on the heads of serpents and scorpions. And there, you know, maybe a few scorpions, maybe a few snakes, literally. But that's, that's more than that. That's, that's authority over the enemy, over his tactics, over his schemes, over when he's throwing stuff at you. You're not good enough. I don't care if you think you were called as a child. It's too late. Hmm? Somebody in here are watching. I'm telling you what, right now, it is never too late to obey God. Never. Amen? Get up. What he's given you works. Don't let that devil talk to you that way. You've been given authority to shut that mouth. Amen? It's time the, those women, like in, in, later on in the book of Hebrews, who shut the mouths of lions. And we've got to have that shut up thing go on again in the right way. <laughs> Amen? Oh, shut up. <laughs> Amen. Get up, prayers. Do your business. Amen. So on the heads of serpents and scorpions, over all the power. There's your lovely word again. See, I'm reading King James. It says all. But I don't know what it says in the other one. But all is usually all. All is all. We don't change that. The dynamis of the enemy. So the enemy does have some power. We don't deny it. We just deny its operation. See that? So we acknowledge, oh, yeah, he's got some power. But not more than me. I have the Holy Ghost inside of me. I've got Jesus' blood working through me. And I tell you what, it shuts mouths. Amen? It shuts every crazy thought. You're not good enough. You're not old enough. You're too old. You're too young. You're this. You're that. You're fat. You're skinny. I don't care. Jesus doesn't either. Amen? It's a lie. Well, don't you know what I did in my past? That doesn't matter. You're the only one carrying that weight. Amen? Oh, my goodness gracious. And this line. I want you to grab a hold like you've never been. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. The sound of weakness that comes out in those moments. It's kind of like Isaiah of 54, 17, right? Come on, somebody. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up, what? Against you in judgment shall be condemned. Because this is my heritage and my righteousness is of thee, said the Lord. And people go, am I right? <laughs> Come on. Jesus paid for your righteousness. Don't be ashamed of it. I am righteous. <sighs> you can feel the quiver. That's a religious devil. That's what you try to silence the fact that you're righteous. I'm righteous, and I will not be silenced in it. Ma! <laughs> Good morning. I do love you all. Now watch this. I'm going to give you something that that hurt says. This is what hurt is. To act unjustly or wickedly to sin. That's, uh, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Be a criminal. To have violated the laws in some way. Do wrong. Do hurt. To do some wrong or sin in some respect. Be an offender. Nothing shall by any means offend me. 
say that. Nothing shall by any means offend me. I did not write that. That's truth. That's the kind of strength. See, when you got it, that your heart is pure through the blood of Jesus, and you got that peace, and it gets anchored in, you begin to operate in this. How can I stay unoffended? Trust the word of God that the blood of Jesus is working for you. Trust it. Believe it. He paid a very large price for it. Then these things come into operation. And nothing, even from the Old Testament, it agreed. <laughs> no weapon. No weapon. Do you know there was a time we were doing some street work and a gun got pulled? Yep. Pointed right at me. There was, a, and we just put that gun away. I was like so offended almost, <laughs> but not almost. Not. I said, put it away. It's like, he looks at me like, I'm just talking to a criminal here with a sawed-off shotgun pointed at me. I said, put that thing away. He looks at me like I'm an idiot. That's all right. I thought he was. I said, put it away. It took three times, and then he was like, oh. He pulls it in. He shuts the door, drives off. We were standing around, and he, there was a fight with one of the girls he thought he owned. It's a operating lady of the evening, a prostitute. And she was young, and we'd seen her, and we just made a circle around her, protected from him. She got off the streets, amen. I didn't see her for several years, and then we're walking down the street one day, and she goes, do you remember me? She had two children with her. Yeah. Nothing. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. I will not be offended, and you can join me in that. It's so easy. It wasn't complicated. It wasn't that, that wasn't that deep. See, that scripture, not complicated, didn't have five other reasons why. Know who you are. Know who he is. Have a new and fresh revelation of who God made you. Who he's done, what he's done in your heart. It's over. Your past is over. This is where I live. Resurrection, power, and life. And it's not because I'm a pastor. It's everybody. It's everybody. It's everyone. I believe this is something that can really change how some of us operate in this day of negativity. We can grab a hold of the truth, yield to it, and have that flow. And when we get in agreement with it, it'll turn that around. You'll feel pure. A lot of people, oh, I feel like I just, you know, need a bath after I talk to that person. <sighs> you won't feel that way anymore. And there are some times when people will speak things that are like, oh, 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 Jesus, help them. And you might think that they're, you know, extending and frustrating grace. But remember, God's merciful to the unrighteous. And if we operate and yield to Holy Spirit, we'll be walking in that mercy. We'll get a picture of how he loves. We may not understand it. I can tell you after all these years, I don't understand why I love some people. I, even some of our kids, how come you're so kind? I don't know. <laughs> how did you love that person? I'm not really sure. 
I had to yield to it because sometimes I didn't like them. Sometimes they were cruel. Anybody called to ministry has got to have this. They have to. You have to. People say all kinds of things to ministers. All kinds of things. Not just about themselves, about you. And they'll tell you exactly what they think about you. In a way that if you had ever reversed that, if you'd flipped that around and said that to them, you'd probably be in court. You know. But we don't hold it. And we don't get offended. It's not always easy, but God will help you. I'm not saying that bad things never happen. I'm saying that when they do, and they will, and people will be mean, and you don't have to be a pastor for people to say an unkind word to you or something that's cruel and rude. And maybe they won't like your earrings either. <laughs> and that's another story for another day. You know, I've, I've, I've had people tell me, you're too big, you're too small. You're too this, you're too that. You're too woman, you're too this, you're that. Where's your husband? Where's your, my husband's sitting in the back. And there was a reason he started sitting in the back. Because we had people come in who were cruel. And he did that for protection. He hears from heaven. We operate as a team. We don't have that situation today. And we're grateful. We're grateful for the love that he has given for each of us. For our family here. For our families abroad. It seems that no matter where I go now. It's like, you know, there are people who will love you no matter where you go. We find them. We connect with them. Sometimes they don't love you, but you have to love them anyway. Don't be hard to love. Don't be hard to forgive. Be ready always to let things go. As believers, it's probably our greatest challenge. More people than I know, even some people who don't know the Bible very well, will quote 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But in the nearly inspired version, the NIV, of chapter 5, or ver chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Love keeps no record of wrong. I think, man. And you're like, I'm going to need help with that one, Jesus. <laughs> it's not that you for didn't forgive. And, and maybe, you know, God, when you forgive someone, you don't necessarily build trust immediately. But that record, most people still have it playing when they lay their head down. And I don't mean that. Like they're, they're talking about a written record, but most I guess people don't have MPs or LPs anymore. But <laughs> in my day, we had LPs, and they spun around. <laughs> Vinyl, vinyls, is that what we call them now? Okay. Vinyl records that spin on a thing and they go around like that. They're big and they're black. But most people here are closer to my age. <laughs> We're grateful for media that's small that we can put in our purses. But you didn't pack around an LP anywhere or a vinyl. <laughs> but many people packing them in their head just the same. And they got the same message rocking and rolling in there. And they're trying to figure out why it ever happened to them. What did they do to open that door? And I'm going to answer that today.
because you've been spending years trying to answer it yourself. Are you ready? Nothing. Are you sure, Pastor? Yes. The blood of Jesus has erased it. If there was, it's gone. And chasing it in your head gives it life and never resolves it. God loves us so very much. He wants us to walk with kind of strength. He wants us, every one of us, to be stirred and not shaken. He is so good. He's healing all the time. Actually, I'm going to read that from Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to have communion today. I talked a little bit. I mentioned that we would have a little chat about vision. I am believing that we're going to be a nation that rises up with a fresh level of understanding of intercessions. Amen? And I believe there's a stirring to the people who, who are called to pray. We have several different prayer meetings happening in our church, and we're grateful for that. We want to continue to open that. Amen? But also in our hearts, we know there's a time coming. Now, we, we had a discipleship class that we did on Wednesday nights, and it stirred in our hearts. One of the, the core values that God has placed in our hearts was to train up and send out. Now, that doesn't mean you have to leave. That's not the kind of sending. But at least to your home, to your families, whatever level God has anointed you to speak or to train at. And so we're going to switch things a little bit around on, on our Wednesday nights. I'm going to have them in different cycles. We'll hear about it soon. It'll be coming again at the end of May. We'll start again on Wednesday nights. It's going to be some training. It's going to sound a bit different than the discipleship. And we're going to expect people to be able to get up. We'll do maybe two or three lessons. And then you get up. And you do it in a safe space where you begin to pray for others. Or you begin to prophesy for others. Or have the gifts flow. Perhaps you're a psalmist and you need to release that gift. We want to equip and release and see God's work done in your hand. How he called you to work. And there are things that... that 40 years of experience has helped in my life. So myself and, and Pastor Jason will be doing some of the teaching. We want to see you equipped so that you don't feel in any way inadequate. Now, I can tell you, is it, after 40 years of ministry, there are still places where I'm learning. And I might even have the, the enemy come to me and say, you're not adequate in this area. I don't let him talk to me about that. But I'll go and find out how to increase in that arena. Amen. But having traveled to 11 different countries and ministered in the different countries, there's some things I've learned about. There's some things I've learned about this city. There's some things I've learned about ministry. We want to impart those things and teach on them and have you confident in what God has put in your heart, that you are well able that, and, and that you can just go with the call of so that's what our Wednesday nights are going to go. So that's what we're going to do, and we're going to have that start by the end of the month. Amen. We want you to know we love you. We're here for you. We want to see God expand uh, and what he's doing in your heart as well. And, and we know the, the thing about a safe space is this. There sometimes we have to be adjusted. And there's lots of things we need to learn. When we recently, in one of the meetings I was at, um, just at the, around the beginning of the year, 
We, there's sometimes they're practical things. And the, the power of God began to move in, in, a, in a very dramatic way. And everybody fell down. And so people, you know, were banging into chairs and chairs were flying everywhere and, and all that kind of thing. Some of the things, we'll deal with that. How do we pray for others? How do we know when someone's ready to be prayed for? These are things that we can learn. How we can love. How we can be in touch. How, how we can care for one another. I can't be everywhere. Neither can you. But when we all take up the thing that God has put in our heart, man, look how that expands. Amen? And so that's, that's our heart here. So we want to see that. Years ago, that's, you know, I, I saw visions of that. How they come in, some would come and stay. Some even went to other countries. We're believing for that. We're setting up a team to go into the north, into Cape Dorset. And, and it's cold there. It's not my favorite thing to do. Um, but, you know, we go where God says. And, and I, I'm sure it won't be the first time a team goes up there. I, you know, yesterday I had a request to go to Zambia. I've never been there. I've been to Uganda and Kenya. And, and they, I think if I get over to Africa and on, don't only go to one country, I could get in trouble. Um, but, <laughs> um, but we want to see you do what's on your heart. You know, God spoke to me when I was only eight years old about some of these things. How long has he been speaking to you? How long? Let those things be stirred. Let them come alive. God is faithful. And you can see, here we are. Here we are. Doing our best to follow him. Amen. And so will you. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., B3W3B1.